What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the planet today. It is Monday, December 5th, 2022. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here with producer and co-host Nick Janusa. Nick, happy last mini-sode of 2022. I can't even believe that we're here. The fact that it's the end of 2022. I remember saying, oh my gosh, we're halfway through the year. Wow, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. And here we are at the end of our days for 2022. Yeah. Happy December and happy Christmas time. It is officially Christmas season for all of you Christians and uh, and people who just like Santa Claus. So <laughs> whatever camp you fall into, it's Christmas season. Um, and for all the other holidays out there, December is a pretty important time of year. So hope everybody gets to spend a good chunk of this month with family, enjoy some time off work, and... Uh, enjoy one more mini-sode that you can go out and share with your friends of the planet today. Yeah, for sure. It's just like 10 minutes, guys. Come on. Yeah, just 10. We're giving it to you right now. Today, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy with two episodes every week coming your way Monday and Friday. Make sure to turn on notifications so you don't miss an episode and share this show with at least one friend if you have at least one friend. But before we get into today's show, we have a quick note from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Kitcaster. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. All right, we have two quick hits for this Monday mini-sode. The first one is by Oliver Millman of The Guardian, who writes, U.S. declares lab-grown meat safe to eat in groundbreaking move. I'm so here for this. This is a very exciting move for the U.S. where authorities have concluded that meat derived from animal cells is safe for human consumption. The FDA is allowing a company called Upside Foods to take living cells from chickens and grow them in a controlled laboratory environment to produce a meat product without requiring any new chickens to be grown, raised, and eventually killed. The FDA also said that other companies doing the same thing are under review, including companies that want to do this with seafood. Singapore is currently the only country in the world where lab-grown meat is sold legally to consumers, but the U.S. could soon begin doing this. The company says that the meat grown in labs is identical to conventionally raised meat. Lab-grown meat can be an environmentally friendly alternative that can also provide consumers a factory farming-free alternative to meat. Pasture and cropland account for 50% of the world's habitable land use and 70% of the world's freshwater supply. 
One third of all greenhouse gas emissions come from global food production, and there are currently more than 150 cultivated meat companies around the world with billions of dollars of investment backing. So lab-grown meat, is this the next trend or is this the meat of the future? Yeah, this is crazy to like think about. I know we had talked about this on the show maybe maybe a year ago, maybe less at this point, but like I didn't think it was going to come to the US this quickly and the fact that it's like approved, the FDA is like, "Yep, you're good to go." Mm-hmm. is insane and also the fact that they say it's identical to conventionally raised meat is so if nothing else, it's really cool. <laughs> you know, like if you don't yeah. want to like eat it or whatever, you have like a thing where you're like, ah, I don't want to eat this because it was grown in a lab and that's weird. Whatever. I think that's kind of ridiculous, but it's still really cool that they can get it to look and apparently taste exactly the same as regular um, conventionally raised meat. Yeah. And here's the thing. There's going to be people out there who think that this is like science going too far or whatever, and they're, they're not going to be into this idea. Yeah. But here's the thing for people like me who say, you know, I don't really like beef mostly because of the environmental impact of eating beef. Also, like I'm well documented as saying, I think cows are really cute, so I don't want to eat cows. Yep. If I can go in and have like a nice, I don't know, like Wagyu beef (laughs) steak, which I've never had before. Yeah. Knowing that there were no cows involved in actually making it, it was just cultivated from the cell, like from the muscle tissue and then grown in a lab off of that. That's so cool. Yeah, it is. And like. This isn't going to completely replace, you know, the really nice cut of, let's say, prosciutto or like, um, like a, a speck. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of speck, but speck is like an aged, cured um, cut of beef. You won't see that ever replaced because that's almost impossible to replicate. But it's going to take over that ground beef that you buy at the grocery store from like, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows what cut it is. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no real cut. You're just like buying it because it's right there in front of you and it says ground beef on it and that's it. Yeah, I agree. I think this is more of a hit to factory farming than anything else. And right now it's only approved for chickens. So catch me trying a lab grown chicken breast or some lab grown ground chicken next time I make tacos. I'm absolutely for this. I hope that this takes off because it's going to have a much, much lower environmental impact without needing to have land for grazing, have crops grown for feeding. You know, this is just done in a lab, done safely, apparently done enough where it tastes the same. So I'm with it. Yeah. And I'm wondering too, just now that you just said that, like, will it be the same in terms of, you know, nutrients and like protein density and all that stuff. I'm just curious. I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like yes, but the only way to find out is, uh, try a lot of it, I guess. I would love (laughs) if we did like a, just a straight up a video of like us trying uh, lab cultivated chicken for the first time. Prepare it, prepare it the same way as regular chicken. Give us like two. Yeah. Blind tape. Let's do it. Let's Uh, lock that in. Let's lock that in. Okay. 2023. We'll do some fun content. That sounds fantastic. That's a that's a that's something that would go really viral on TikTok. All right, here we go. So the next one is from NPR, and it says, the largest dam demolition in history is approved for Western River. 
U.S. regulators approved a plan in November to demolish four dams on the Klamath River in California, which will open up hundreds of miles of salmon habitat. When it moves forward, this will be the largest dam removal and river restoration project in the world. Wow. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission voted unanimously to remove the dams on the Lower Klamath, which is something that Native American tribes and environmentalists have been calling for for years. Native tribes rely on the Klamath River and its salmon for their way of life. They argue that dams in wild and remote areas that span the California and Oregon border are negatively impacting salmon populations. Those four dams currently produce less than 2% of Pacific Horse power generation when running at full capacity, which accounts for roughly 70,000 homes. They often run at a far lower capacity because of low water in the river and other issues. The article says the Pacific Corps would have had to invest hundreds of millions of dollars in fish ladders, fish screens, and other conservation upgrades under environmental regulations that were not in place when the aging dams were first built. With the deal to demolish the dams, the utility's cost is capped at $200 million, with another $250 million from a California voter-approved water bond. More than 300 miles of salmon habitat in the Klamath River and its tributaries will benefit from this. Across the U.S., 1,951 dams have been demolished as of February, including 57 in 2021, American Rivers said. Most of those have come down in the past 25 years as facilities age and come up for relicensing. I am all for this. You know, these dams specifically have a relatively low positive impact and they seem to be creating more environmental harm than they are averting. And honestly, it's just okay to get rid of bad aging projects in favor of nothing new, you know, sending it back to the way that it was and just restoring the environment to how it was before we got there and letting these populations of threatened or endangered wildlife build their population back up. Yeah, absolutely. And like, we're the ones who came in in the first place and did this. So it's, it's our job to realize that, Hey, we took this from the people who are native to this land and we need to give it back. This is not right. And while also improving the salmon population, it's, it's a win-win here. Absolutely agreed. The article does acknowledge that in a time where we're pushing towards zero emissions, why would people support removals of any dams, right? Because this is a renewable energy and all renewable energy is good. That's fair, but it's because some of these projects have a tremendous environmental impact and were created before there was a focus on environmental issues. So in this case, sure, you're losing out on the power for 70,000 homes. That is something that we can generate in other ways, whether it's solar, wind, other hydroelectric dams downriver. You know, there are ways to fix that. In this case, allowing a river to get healthy and act naturally will decrease floods, will decrease drought. And both of those statistics are, are according to one of the river managers mentioned this in this article. But allow the river to get healthy. And we can focus on the energy elsewhere in an area that isn't as critical for salmon populations. Exactly. Exactly. There's plenty of plots of land to choose. 100% agreed. 
And that will do it for today's episode of TPT. Nick and I are going to be back on Friday for some more quick hits. And if this is your first time listening and you don't like the sound of my voice, I will be feeling better by Friday's episode. That's a promise. If you missed Friday's episode, I did have the flu. Go get your flu shots, folks. Get your flu shots. This is Matt's Jordan flu game uh, episode two. Part two. Uh, well, really not two. This might be your sixth Jordan flu game, but this is like your second actual My flu actual game. flu, not just a cold that you're calling the yes. flu game. <laughs> exactly. Um, but be sure to share this episode with a friend if you liked it and make sure to also give them the disclaimer like, hey, guys, Matt was sick on this one. This is not his normal voice. Yeah, he he just toughed it out for, for you, the new people checking it out for the first time because I've just met you and I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, make sure to follow us on our socials at Planet Today Pod for more TPT. For the Planet Today, I'm Nick Chinusa. I'm Matt Norton. See you on Friday. Peace.